Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. My name is Ben, and today I'm sitting down with Reverend Robin King. Uh, It's been a few weeks, several weeks now, since we've done a podcast. It's been a busy late summer and fall season for both of us, Robin. uh, Welcome back, and thanks thanks for meeting up with me today. And I apologize. Let's just get this out in the open right now. I did not bring you a coffee today. And I can I'm try. trying to sigh into my microphone yeah. as loud as I possibly can. <sighs> I know it's it's disappointing, but and I could chalk it up to uh, COVID concerns and other things. But I just selfishly brought myself a coffee that Kelly made for me on my way out the door, and I am sorry that I didn't uh, didn't think to bring one for you. So today you're drinking water, I'm drinking coffee, and we're going to dive into a conversation about uh, the theme we've kind of picked for for today for this week is power and authority and that's because you just finished writing an awesome blog about that topic i read it this morning really enjoyed it um and why don't you tell us a little bit about the story from scripture that got you thinking about this uh this topic because that's what you'll often do right you'll you'll kind of look at the lectionary uh there's always uh, a scripture story from the gospel well it's not even it just like the, the lectionary lately seems to be so appropriate <laughs> Um, maybe that's God speaking right there. Um, uh, well, it's a story about how, um, you know, the leader of a movement comes to town and brings a crowd of people and there's a big celebration and parade and, and, uh, um, but, but don't worry, nothing, there's no damage done to the, to buildings or communities or anything. And the Starbucks are left intact. Don't worry. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, goes to a place, uh, that leader goes to a place of authority and, and kind of does actually trash the place a bit, but to be fair, they deserved it. And then, um, you know, hangs out at that place of authority where the authorities, have I used the word authority a lot? The authorities come and finally, uh, challenge him. And like that could be, I could have just taken that from the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. the story of Jesus coming to Jerusalem and going to the temple. And uh, then, you know, and of course, he, the, the story of the cleansing of the temple. Um, and then he's teaching in the temple and the temple authorities um, finally uh, come to him and say, like, basically, who the hell do you think you are? Right. Yeah. I mean, what, in fact, according to Matthew, at least, they say, um, by what authority? Yeah. Um, and, and where did you get that authority? Yeah. And, uh, um, I'm just gonna mention again, cause I love this moment so much in Godspell with the Pharisee monster, <laughs> right? Um, if you Google Pharisee monster, you'll find it. Uh, it, it's all in the, in the movie. It was awesome because, uh, what happens is that they, they tell this story in Godspell and, uh, the, the, instead of being a group of Pharisees, it's a bunch of the cast, right? Who right. created this monstrous face using just bits and pieces of junk. Yeah. Right. And, and that's so representative, not just of the group of Pharisees or the authorities, right? That they're assembled from little pieces of junk. Um, but also I'll come back to that in a second cause that sounded very mean, but, um, but also, how we how we understand authority um, is often trying to uh, assemble something from little bits and pieces of junk, um, and and that's see the, the thing about this story is that of course Jesus' reply to the Pharisees is I'm not going to tell you, basically. Yeah. In yeah. fact, he asks them a question, um, knowing that they're trying to trick him. He asks them a question. That uh, that you know, there's no right answer to from their position either, because they'll look bad, whatever they say, and so they say, "I don't know," and then he says, "Well, then I'm not going to tell you." Um, and <laughs> the thing is, their question's legitimate. How do you mean? Their their question of by what authority, like who do you think you are, uh, that, that that question's perfectly legitimate. By what authority are you doing the things you're doing? Yeah, you I mean, can ask that of anybody, and Jesus certainly asks that of authorities. Like he's always challenging uh, the the hierarchy and the structure of, of society and the temple, the leaders in the temple. He's the one who keeps telling people how you know the the Pharisees basically they they talk a lot, but they don't walk the talk, right? Yeah, and that's the thing about authority uh, is you have to walk the talk. So he's that's challenging what gives you authority. He's challenging them at every turn, and they're just giving some back. And so here's their opportunity to say, fine, then where do you get your authority from? 
And uh, and the thing is, Jesus gets his authority from the fact that he actually seems to live and do what he says. Um, and but but even then, you could still ask, okay, but he's he's doing what he says, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's an authority on what he's saying and doing. What gives him the authority to right. do that? Yeah, that, that you got to keep looking deeper and deeper and deeper, and that's that's the thing about where we're at right now is that too many people, I think, aren't willing to look deeper and deeper and deeper. They're quite happy to just go with whatever their buddy on Facebook, who's suddenly an expert on the pandemic, um, is saying this week, right? Mm-hmm. Because they happen to be annoyed about something that happened with a mask. I don't know. It just, but it just <laughs> seems like people are so willing to just go with. Um, you know, or, or go with the last meme that they saw and, and not look deeper and, and to look deeper, of course, that's not letting anybody off the hook. Um, quite frankly, I, I look some mornings at headlines in, uh, in the news and I think, you know, you manufactured that headline in order to get attention to this story. Um, and so media does it too. Mm-hmm. It's not just social media. It's like newspapers and news sources. Um, the government sh- politicians sure as heck do it. Um, and and even even sources and like right now, for instance, with the the pandemic, of course, you want to look to what's your source. Well, is your source a health organization? Well, then there's lots of people questioning the World Health Organization. Um, <laughs> some people have even started to question the wisdom of. Um, medical officers in Canada, right? The the provincial ones as well as the federal ones. Yeah, or the CDC um, in the states. Because, you know, your information changes every day. Well, the information changes every day because we learn something new every day. You know? Okay, but you let me just stop you there. Because deeper. what about the example of the CDC supporting the, the, the messaging of masks are not effective, don't worry about stockpiling masks, and then it comes out months later that, okay, they... If we're honest, everyone knew that masks were helpful, but they didn't want people to panic okay. and scoop them all up. So, so that doctors are you and saying if we're them. honest and we don't want people to panic the same way that Trump did when he was interviewed by Bob Woodward, <laughs> and and it turns out that months before months before he was saying anything about how you know it's all good, he knew it wasn't. I'm looking at my watch to see how many minutes it took you to to bring Get up Trump to, to yeah. uh, <laughs> mention Trump in a but, conversation okay. about power and so, authority. But it's just it's just that uh, you know it's just that he he blatantly lies, like he blatantly lies, um, and, and not just not just uh, misinforms or or mangles the truth. He blatantly lies. And uh, I mean, he made a speech the other, um, oh, it's that town hall that on ABC or something where uh, one of the networks, I think it was CNN or somebody had a fact checker and working and like he was, he was like so far behind by the time they got to the end of it. He couldn't keep up with all of the things that were being said that were just false crap. Yeah. And, and the thing is, uh, he says it was such authority there's the word right there, right? He says it with such authority, people believe him. Yeah. And, and uh, or they believe him because they believe in his message mm-hmm. and what he's all about. And, or they, they find that his message gives them power, whether it's intentional or inadvertent. Um, it, you know, and, and uh, or they, they feel like they like his message because it empowers them to be more like that. All so, of which, by the way, is really dangerous. Um, but, but the thing is, it's not even just—it's not even just um, about blatant lies. It's about—it's about being prepared to look deep enough into sources and ask questions to get to a point where you are getting um, not just the facts, but also um, the wisdom around what's the best thing to do with these facts. Yes. What's the best action to take? Um, which kind of takes us back to Jesus. Um, because Jesus is, that's kind of what it's about. And and the root of that is, uh, and I think it's usually for me, it's kind of the, the uh, what's the is litmus test? Is that what we, yeah. for, for whether or not um, this is an important part of the message of Jesus is, is it life-giving 
Uh, does it mm. support and care for people? Is it compassionate? Is it about love? Is it does it offer grace? Uh, is it support um, and uh, um, and care for people who have been marginalized? Uh, is it um, is it something that lifts people up? Those are all of the criteria by which Jesus does stuff. Yeah, that's that's the that's what's at the root of the message. People. Caring for people, um, giving life to people, and yet you you have um, these. I mean, we have such polarized politics right now in in Canada as well as in right. the states, and that's normal for for politics. But it seems more so right now than ever. I would say, and you have people with diametrically opposed views who both would would say that the leader that they support is going to support the country, right. is going to do what's best for, for everyone, the way you're describing what, yeah. what, what that litmus test is for, so, for Jesus, right? Here's my, here's my problem with that. And yet they're so opposite. Yeah. Well, because, see, because we, we're, we're all about confrontation now and we're all about getting our own way and we're all about, uh, we're all about the label that goes with that, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, no conservative will support something if it's an idea who comes from a liberal. No liberal is going to support an idea if it comes from a conservative. And see, I, I like, I honestly, I dream of the day when liberals and conservatives, whoever's in power goes, hey, that guy's got a really great idea. Let's do that whether they're a liberal or conservative or NDP or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and in the States, it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. What should matter is what's good for people yeah. and particularly what's good for people in our country. Uh, it shouldn't matter um, whether your family's always voted this or voted that. You shouldn't even be describing yourself with the label of one of those parties. That shouldn't, because that's not who you are. It just literally is not who you are. Yeah. And and using that label shouldn't give you any authority whatsoever. What should give you authority is who you are, and 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 your your willingness to uh, learn and grow and uh, and be wise about what's best for not just you, but everyone around you. Yeah. It really brings up the theme of identity, right? Because we're we're a tribal species. We're we're um, we evolved socially in tribes, and it's just wired into us to associate our own identity mm. with I'm part of this tribe. And this other tribe, well, they're a threat. Or this, but, right? but that's not community. That's 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 not community. That's, that's, you're, you're, you're tying, uh, to me, community, what community does is it creates an opportunity for people to belong, um, whether they agree or not, whether they're from the same culture or faith tradition, whether they wear the same labels, and I don't just mean clothes, I mean uh, politics and everything. See, what we've done is we've created the Pharisee monster, right? In order to <laughs> dis determine whether something's authoritative, it must meet certain criteria. And those usually start with things like labels, right? Is it conservative? Is it liberal? Is it left? Is it right? Um, right? Those are the, the political ones, Republican, Democrat, wh however, the political labels, right? Um, and nobody wants, to, uh, nobody wants to acquire a centrist label. Right. It's we've reached a point where it's extremes at either end. Right. Then there's also the labels that go with culture. Um, and, uh, you know, is it is it white? Is it black? Is it uh, indigenous? Is it um, is it fair a variety of minorities? Right. We do the same thing with religions. Right. Is it Christian? Well, it better be because, you know, we're a Christian. No, we're not. Sorry. No, we're not. Um, and it, it, is it Muslim? Is it Jewish? Is it uh, Buddhist? Is it Hindu? Is it whatever we, again, bunch of labels. And the worst part of that is those labels. And I'm sorry, the list goes on and on and on. I'm not doing the whole thing. But the worst part of all of those labels is we assume things based on the label. Mm -hmm. We don't find out. We yeah. assume. 
Because it's easier. And and you're not always right, first of all. Secondly, it's your interpretation of what somebody else has interpreted of that interpretation of an interpretation of somebody <laughs> else's understanding of, you, you know? Yeah, but it's just the easy way out. It's, it's the, lazy, the easy way out. It's simpler, right? It's the Facebook phenomenon yeah. again. Yeah. If Trudeau said it, it's stupid, right? Yeah. If Jason Kenney said it, it's probably mean-spirited, cruel, and probably involves beating a puppy or something it's right but that's what we do we we assume uh and and then then we negate everything or agree with everything that comes from them right the the people who support people like trump um will you know practically well like he he famously once said i could shoot somebody in the street uh in new york with thousands of witnesses and get away with it he i bet he could (laughs) <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't actually tried to prove it. Um, but but he, he apparently gets away with everything. Well, but his supporters don't see it as get away with. They see it as we're supporting. You don't have questions about the morality of somebody who, who uh, admitted to paying off a stripper that he had an affair with while he was married to somebody else. You're going to call yourself a Christian and a believer in the family, you know, and all that stuff, but you're going to support somebody who did that. And many other worse things. And, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, but, but that's the thing is people don't want to know. They don't want to know the things. And that's the thing about history too, right? And figures from history is you don't want to know the things that might cause you to ask questions and wonder. And what's really weird about that, that whole thing with the history thing uh, it's people don't want to dig deeper if it involves finding out something negative about their hero. But hang on. Superheroes these days. What are we doing? Remember when superheroes were simple? They were good. That's all they did. Mm-hmm. And now we have to explore their dark side. We have to, you know, suddenly Batman isn't, you know, cool. And, you know, Adam West, it's a guy who does like this. Right? I mean, it's just yeah. kind of... And conversely, uh, the the it's best the opposite vil- the, of what we're doing in the real world. And the best villains are the ones that you can relate to, and they have a the Joker, right? The yeah. the most recent incarnation of the Joker. We're supposed to. People wondered what the point of that movie was like because it almost makes it seem like you want to identify with. Oh, that is the point, right? Yeah. And, and but but in real life, we don't do that. We don't want to know the dark side of, or of or heroes. we do if it's something we secretly agree with, you know, which is the problem with people like Trump. And he's just, again, it's easy to point at one person, but there's there's hundreds of thousands of Trumps, right? Um, but, but somebody in a position of authority mm-hmm. like that, in other words, and that's the other thing about authority too, right, is that we interpret it as power, yeah. power over. Yeah. Not influence even necessarily, but power. So if the Pharisees came along today and, and, and asked that same question that they asked Jesus and said, okay, President Donald J. Trump, where do you get your authority? It, I mean, he was put there by the American people. He was literally voted into office. I mean, we uh, could get into a discussion yeah, about... Yeah, we can, because he didn't <laughs> win the popular vote. Yeah. He got in because he happened to, and, and he's... Uh, actually, uh, if he has a gift, it would be this. He plays the system, right? Yeah. And he played the system. That's how he got elected. And he's already starting to do that again. And he's doing it again, yeah. terrifying. But theoretically, we have a system in our country, and they, uh, the Americans have a, a, a democratic voting, a system of voting um, that is different than ours, but it's still a democracy. Mm, and No. The U.S. is a republic. But it's a democratic republic, theoretically. It's still a republic. Okay. But my point being that in Jesus' time, there was nothing even remotely close to uh, the people having power, where they could... Rome was a republic. Okay, so you're drawing more of a parallel here than I'm. I'm trying to show the difference, and you're yeah. showing. Uh, I'm yes, no, but, sorry. Where what I what I was going after, and and you know what do I know? I mean, I don't. I'm not, uh, and I'm not. Honestly, I, I don't trust me. I'm not an authority uh, on <laughs> politics and stuff like that. But it it does it does seem that there's a remarkable similarity between, um, you know, the the peace of the Roman Empire, right? Um, that that that. Peace was maintained by 
power and control over it by subjugating people, right. by, by controlling them. And it appears that there are empires today that do a similar thing. And it's about power over people. It is, even in spite of the fact that on the surface it's supposed to be operating like a democracy. Yeah. That's kind of my point. It's still, yeah, it's still about, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's still about power. Um, even though even though it has the illusion of being democratic, it's not really. Somebody has power over you, right? And 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 I we're kind of it, the thing about thing about this conversation that we're having even is that it's things like authority, authoritative, authentic. Um, those things are they're so murky and so uh, so connected. Um, and, and um, you know, we, we, our way of understanding authority, in fact, how we even use the word, right? The authorities. If I say the authorities, you instantly assume I'm meaning, you know, uh, government or police, right? Mm. People who have position of authority. Um, or, or someone with a label in a structure, mm-hmm. right? Someone who's Somebody entitled to authorize. Right, yeah. To give permission. Yeah. Because they have control. Right, yeah. And uh, the Pharisees, for example, were entitled to that because, well, they had a title and a place. And how was that enforced? Well, actually, the temple did have its own, uh, it had its own security. Um, even the even Herod had his own, he had his own little, he has guards in his own little army and stuff. Um, and, but primarily it was enforced by the Romans. Right, and so that that's that's another one of the, the things. But okay, so were the Pharisees, the chief priests, and the temple authorities were they in collusion? Like were they were they working with the Romans, or were they ensuring um, giving in enough to ensure that the faith tradition stayed alive? Like one of those is not good at all, and the other is kind of well, okay, I guess you know you got to do what you got to do, and. But but even then, their authority is supported by strength, power, force, mm. right over people. Yeah, um, not for people or with people, but over them. You didn't uh, you didn't offer the when days before this this story when Jesus cleanses the temple, basically he's throwing out the people who change your money because you can't take Roman coin into the temple. He's throwing out the people who are selling the the um, various uh, animals and birds that you would take in as an offering. Whether they were selling them at a fair or, or outrageous price is a different story entirely. But, yeah. um, but um, the fact of the matter is that you didn't go to the temple and make that offering just because you felt obligated to do that. You were required yeah. To do that. It was literally demanded of yeah, you. It was not a choice. Right. It's not a not really a choice. No. And and uh, you know, again, we're at a place in the world right now where um we have um we have the the uh, the greatest web of information mm. which is not always a good thing. Um but we also have the uh, again, we have the ability to abuse that and and um put into that web of information, information that's not true or accurate or, you know, and then we have to interpret it and then you've got bits and pieces of this and that. So what makes something authoritative in terms of information and is it who it's coming from? If it's coming from the authorities, does that automatically make it true? (laughs) Well, there's lots we could talk about there. (laughs) But that's the thing is that's how we're using the word authority. And, and again, we've created the Pharisee monster, right? It's a monster. Of yeah. bits and pieces of different things, and I think the thing about the thing about Jesus is that that, um, and and maybe maybe his response that's basically yeah I'm not going to tell you where my authority comes from, um, is because what they were looking for is for Jesus to say, uh, my authority comes from God, it was given to me by God because I'm the Son of God, so that they could arrest him right away and get get rid of him, right? Um, but the thing is. There's uh, there's a piece of Jesus' authority that is divine, and there's a piece of Jesus' authority that is human. Yeah. Right? And that is true of all of us. Yeah, I there's, love... There's, what, 
Yeah, there's a there's a part of that that's and and, and you said but, that and you mentioned that in your blog. Yeah, so expand on that a little bit. That there's so, that uh, duality between the divine and, and yeah. Human. So uh, I'm I'm always talking about how we're created in the image of God, right? It's a yeah. factory setting. Um, a, a God is in us, not just in things around us, or you know, sitting on a big chair up uh, up above kind of thing. Um, God is in all things. Like God is the thing that connects all things. Love is the thing that connects. God is love, right? Um, so God is in all things. Not to mention the fact that God is in us in the stories that we know from Scripture, right? Right from Genesis. Mm-hmm. We're created in the image of God, but of the earth. Yes. We are human and divine right from the start. So, um, then along comes Jesus, uh, who appears to be who appears to be mostly divine, and just a little scooch of human. <laughs> uh, except that's not true. Jesus is very much. In fact, I think the point of Jesus is very much to prove to us that you are divine as well as human. You you are those things, and yeah. you are capable of all of those things. He wasn't just masquerading as human. Right. He was human. Right. And that's not just that's not to to uh, explain away miracles necessarily. Um, and I don't think because I don't think you do. I mean, there's a way you can explain away miracles by you know trying to turn them into some sort of scientific explanation for you know um, how Jesus managed to control the weather. Um, but but. I don't think that's the point of the story. I think the point of the story is once again to remind us that we are divine and human and that this power is in us. Not to necessarily control nature, but to control our nature for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but I think that's, that's at the core of what gives Jesus his authority is the ability to tap into both the divinity and the humanity in a way that reaches people. And it reaches people because it's about people. So Jesus that... isn't about, that's why he's always challenging the structures. And he says stuff like, you know, I come with a sword to divide families and all that kind of stuff. He's not talking about actually um, splitting people up. He's talking about um, attacking the structures that we've built. Mm. I can't imagine what Jesus would say about churches. Um, but we, he's about attacking the structures that we're not attacking, challenging challenging That's and confronting word. yeah um yeah because one implies one implies that you're attacking in, with the need to, to destroy. destroy yeah and in fact i think what jesus is about is challenging in order to build uh, right yeah so jesus is challenging authority uh in a way that uh it, it, the the structures that we've built around authority in a way that hopefully draws our attention to what authority is really all about and what it's really all about is using um, knowledge and and experience and wisdom in a way that builds people up, um, cares for people, gives life to pe- not just people but to the world. Right? Is life giving, not destructive. Yeah. Which is where we're where we're at right now. Is so much of that stuff is destructive. So much of the stuff that we think of as being authoritative information or authoritative people aren't actually building things up they're tearing them down and and not in a way that allows us to build them up again no but in a way that's simply destructive and hurtful and just creates carnage and 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 rubble absolutely fails the litmus test of jesus yeah because jesus is if it's not about love and grace if it's not about building people up if it's not about caring for people if it's not about putting people ahead of things it's not about Jesus. So we're we're at a point in our world, to bring it back to today, where we are um, we're fed up with authority, and we're seeing that all over the place. We're seeing that in um, I mean, look at the the ongoing revolt in the states that's been going on for months and months and months. With this st- started as the Black Lives Matter um, movement mm-hmm. and and peaceful protesting, and then it quickly turned into rioting. Before long, you had entire uh, pieces of, was it Seattle or Portland? I think Seattle, where they created the CHAZ, the the area that they mm. uh, basically, well, speaking of authority, they just said, we're, we're, we are our own country. And they took over uh, whole buildings and, and just, yeah. and, but to your point, the aftermath of that was you have these people who... <sighs> what looked to be 
the intention of creating something good, but they went about it in such a destructive way. Yeah. Well, it's like defend the police, right? Yeah. So they're they're yeah. tired in both cases, and it's all part of the same thing, but uh, same discussion. But they're tired of the oppression. They're tired of ineffective um, power structures and authority that is not. Uh, serving the best interest of the people. And so they just want to burn it all down. They want to tear it down to rubble. Mm-hmm. But that's what they're left with then is just chaos and rubble and, yeah. and hurt and not the foundation to build something better with, but yeah. just, just rubble. Because all they feel they have left is anger. Yes. I think right? that is what it is. Um, they, what other tool really is there great... other than, you know, to, to just lash out in, yeah. in anger. Somebody had really, um, um, I, I, even the language that you, you, you use around this kind of thing, I was going to say it had a really great clip. That is so not what I mean. Um, somebody had a really emotional and meaningful clip of a woman, um, talking about, um, a black woman talking about the criticism that they are destroying their own communities, like they're they're like they're they're destroying buildings and stores and things in, in their, their own businesses yeah. in their own neighborhoods. Um, and her response was um, a very emotional something along the lines of, "It's not mine. It's never been mine. It's never been ours ever." Hmm. And and when people feel like that, that they they have not. It's and it's not about ownership. It's about um, inclusion yeah it's about um feeling that they're part of um the creation and building of something um when they, when you reach a point a point like that um nobody who calls themselves the person in position of authority is going to uh, get anything but anger yeah um it, it's it's it, that's because that's that's where we're at we're at and and uh, on top of that what we are what we are constantly referring to as the authorities are simply about power mm. and and frequently frequently um almost always demonstrating that that's what they're about they're yeah, about we'll power look at the they're response, about force the response to all of the protesting is nobody wants to talk no nope, call in national guard we're going to we're going to call in the national guard and stop you first right um and that's that's another thing about the, um in canada with indigenous people is that um, you know, there was a time when we went historically that we went out of our way to try and get rid of them Yeah, in so many different ways, um, or to absorb them or, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, now we're not, now we're not, you know, but we still don't give a crap. Right yeah. for the most part, still don't really. Even People generally it. just don't want to even acknowledge it, or that yeah. that the problem is still there, or that they want to that they give. I mean, certainly, I certainly don't want to hear the stories that you're going to tell me about fifty years ago because I wasn't there. It's not my fault. Yeah, that, that's that is not. Um, you know, if it, so, part of our part of our vision of what's authoritative and what's authority um, surely needs to include. Uh, that that idea that it's about uh, caring for people it's about making the world a better place for people and the world for mm-hmm. all of us that are this creation that is interconnected and if you want to do that you don't do it by imposing it on people you don't do it by uh, forcing it on people it, this uh, interesting interesting quirk was that last week or just recently anyway we had a story, Jesus tells that story about the kingdom of God is like, you know, he's always saying mm-hmm. that in Matthew, right? The kingdom mm-hmm. of God is like, and it was a story about a guy who owns uh, um, a vineyard yeah. and he hires laborers, right? At different times in the day. And then he pays them all the same. And the people, and, and, and that's, this is what the kingdom of God's like, right? So, right. The kingdom of God is about equity. Hang on a second. <laughs> because if you're on the receiving end of you know having worked all day and getting the same as somebody worked an hour that's not how we currently envision things right right that's not fair that isn't equity that isn't giving me what i need that's giving somebody giving what we need to all of us even though we have earned more 
Yeah. Right. And because that's how we see that. That's our paradigm, our and, earthly and, paradigm. And again, it's one of those things where, where to me that I read that story and I go, that's because this is the kingdom of God. Yeah. We're struggling with that. We're still, we still have to take into consider, and that's right where the story ends, right? Mm. It kind of ends as if, oh, well, the landowners, you know, done the right thing and he can. And, but, but what about those people who were hired first and worked all day? They went away angry and upset and hurt offended even because that's not how they know things yeah and that's how the, that's what our world's like is we don't we we can't just kind of impose this i'm going to impose this on you because it's good for you we need to all be part of the getting there right um that's again the thing about um reconciliation especially in canada is is we need to all be part of the getting there and we're not there we won't get there in my lifetime probably more than that. Um, but, but if we're going to get there, we have to struggle at it together. And surely the kingdom of God includes that struggle of getting there. Um, but what makes it the kingdom of God is that we engage in that struggle with uh, offering grace to others, um, with actually listening and trying to understand, trying to uh, share the hurt, um, mm. trying to heal um, we, we take the time to hear people's stories and actually listen, not just give them five minutes so that they can have their say, but actually listen and, and address issues. When, when, when people say, um, you know, we, we talk about systemic racism and, and people will say, there's no racism in Canada. Come on, this is Canada. We don't do it. Yes, there is. And yes, it's in the system. Sorry, it, it absolutely is. And how are we going to get out of that? Well, we got to work on it together. You can't just kind of have somebody go, we're all going to do this. We've got to actually do it together. Yeah. There's, there's a big difference, though, I think, between um, racism or discrimination that is based in uh, some degree of intentional um, hatred or judgment or, you know, I'm... I'm better than you. I'm more important than you. Your uh, white people are better than black people, whatever it is, versus unintentional uh, differences in equality. And there's a interesting headline I saw last night where a school division in Ontario was being accused of discriminating against certain ethnicities because when they made the move to online learning, thousands of kids were all, students were all put into this online learning system and then divided up into classes where teachers would be teaching those classes, but online. And you're dealing with um, neighborhoods in certain, I don't know if it was Oakville or Burlington, uh, somewhere in the Toronto area, where there were certain neighborhoods that had a lot of um, Asian families. And there was this one class where the entire class uh, of students all had the same last name because they'd sorted them alphabetically. And there were enough people in that neighborhood that all had the last name Wong, W-O-N-G, that there was an entire class of Wongs. And so they, the families were starting to complain that our, our, our child is in a class that has no diversity, and yet we live in a community that is all about diversity. And we've been lumped together to, all, to have students that are all in, of the same ethnicity or same... Uh, yeah, so of the same race or same ethnicity. So I look at a story like that and I think, okay. They, and their response was, look, we're doing the best we can. It's a, it's a, a monumentous task to try to move an entire school system into virtual learning and setting up these online systems for thousands of students and all of these hundreds of teachers. And it's, it just reads, you read the story, you think, you know what, That's, that was just a, a mistake. It was just something that happened, and this happened to result in in a lack of diversity represented in an online classroom. Is that discrimination? Is that racism? I don't think so. Is it something that they should try to fix? I'm sure that they will try to. But then, but that's very different from systems that we've inherited, where the 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 system of uh, or the history of slavery. There was a fundamental belief there that it that. Um, that people of color were of less value, that they were worth less, and that they should could that it was okay to own them and to uh, to 
to own them as, as slaves and to, to beat them and to treat them as less than human. So, um, okay. Uh, okay. Um, do you know what I'm I, getting at? I, I, I think I know where you're going with that. And, uh, yeah, no, it's still the same. Um, the, the thing is, the thing is, I, I, I'm sorry, but okay. So the thing is, I, I don't know this story. But the way you describe it, somebody noticed that before it went out and didn't do anything about it. And, and my problem with that is um, they probably quite in their own mind justifiably went, but this is the process we used. It's fair and reasonable, and it would cost us way too much money to do this differently. And I'd go, I don't care how much money it costs you. You can't set up online learning where you have an entire block of people who, uh, uh, where there's no diversity whatsoever in a school system which functions on the basis of diversity, right? Um, like you just can't let stuff like that go, and and that's where that's where something like the uh, eco economics of doing that mm -hmm. come into play, and 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 people will quite reasonably argue that there's a point at which you know you simply can't afford to well yes you can you just aren't prioritizing it as being important right right and and i'm not saying again that's the thing about that story about the kingdom of god is like um no one's expecting it to change instantly we're expecting yeah. to have to struggle with things like that but but again uh, even if it's a mistake or it was simply the process that we used, somebody should have gone back and went, yeah, you know what? We can't do this. Yeah. I see um, what you're saying there. You need to take this into consideration. And and unfortunately, we do find ourselves, that's the thing about how we value things, right? And and that also is part of the whole uh, authority issue too, right? Is, um, you know, uh, one of the things about that whole defund the police thing is um that that term came out of uh like just out of somebody's mouth in anger right and then it started to be used and you can't just kind of go back and say okay you got to just change your terminology because it came from somebody who was angry and telling them they just we okay i get your point but can you say that differently that is not going to help no <laughs> right um and and but the 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 basis of that is that People in positions of uh, policing the law should not be put in a situation where they're not actually policing the law. They're doing social services or education or yeah. uh, health care, any of those things. We should be structuring that differently. Um, and we should very definitely um, be ensuring that um, through the various ways in which we can deal with people that a police force in an urban center shouldn't require a tank. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> no not just kidding. a question of that's an expensive piece of hardware that's all about power and might that you shouldn't have. It's about you shouldn't even be thinking you have a need for that. And, and not because you shouldn't be thinking it, but you shouldn't be thinking it because we should have addressed issues well enough in other Before ways there's a need for that a you wouldn't need to exert that much physical force on human beings, right? Mm -hmm. But we, we're not there. We're not there. And this is why it's it's a monster, right? It's yeah. bits and pieces of things that um, that just uh, uh, right now we've like, well, we're, it's a monster. Um, and, and that's, it's not just how we look at authority or how we determine what's authoritative. Um, it's, it's also about, um, how we, uh, react to those things too. Right. Um, oddly enough, if you ask, just if you watch that Godspell clip, it doesn't appear that Jesus is even remotely startled by the fact a giant monster made out of bits and pieces of junk has just appeared. <laughs> I know it's a story. I know it's a play, but you know, they could have at least have him go. You know, ooh, I'm a little surprised at that. Um, it, it, but they don't, and and we're like that too. We look at the we'll look at the monster which we've created in this way, um, and we're responsible for creating it. We look at that monster, and we won't try and figure out how we might um, uh, even assemble the parts differently. We won't try and uh, we certainly aren't going to be scared of looking at it. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, there it is, right? It's it and and what we need to do is maybe be a little bit more scared of the fact that we've created this monster, but to channel that, not be 
channel that fear into anger or hate or any of those things, but to channel it into um, how the energy of how we might address it. Yeah. And how we Motivated might address that is something. by determining what the pieces are and how yeah. we can disassemble this monster or at the very least assemble it differently in a way that instead of looking like a giant monster of weird parts, it looks like a cute little puppy. <laughs> You know, it just, because, because right now, right now the world's a monster like it is. And we need to figure out, not just tame it. We need to figure out how to, um, how to, uh, how to connect ourselves differently, how to Mm. arrange things differently, how to find a way to understanding that, um, authority ought to be about meeting the best needs, meeting the needs of people Mm -hmm. and caring for people the best that we can. Yeah. And, and we're not doing that. What we're doing is using it as a way of exerting power to control things. Yeah. I mean, power in itself is neither good or bad. We, it takes power to do good, just like it requires Mm -hmm. power to do something that is destructive. But it's about how that power is implemented, how it, what it's based yeah. in. Like you said, the examples yeah. of power that's based in fear and oppression versus power that is based in collaboration. Yeah. And because community. it certainly doesn't mean you don't stand up to injustice. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't mean that you back away from. You know, you don't Neville Chamberlain it and mm-hmm. and back away because you know, oh, we're going to have peace in our time because these people over here who we pretty much are sure are going to try and take over the rest of Europe um, will behave themselves now because they said they would. You don't let stuff go like that. Um, you instead go deeper and try and figure out a way that uh, um, you can create um, more more peace. Um, you can create more um, compassion and care. You don't take those things away. You try and use them more. And we saw that at the beginning of the pandemic. Remember? People were talking about all the amazing ways that people were really stepping up. Yeah. Not just healthcare workers, but then people started talking about the people who, you know, clean the toilets at the hospital. And and so it was the janitorial staff too. What about the people who work in stores? What about the people who who truck uh, drivers drive the trucks that yeah. take stuff places? What about all of those people? Um and we started to hear about how essential shouldn't just mean a very small group of people. It should mean um, a much larger group of people because in many ways, a lot of the things all of us do are, are actually essential. Yeah. And people start talking. And now we're back at, um, we're already back at, um, you know, healthcare workers aren't doing enough. Teachers certainly aren't. They could work harder. Um, you know, and, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I, I choked on that last one there, obviously. Um, but that's that's the thing is that we need to keep up the compassion. We need to yeah. keep up the 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 grace and the uh, the grace, especially that allows for people to be able to express themselves, so that we don't react angrily um, to the fact that they appear to be angry. We instead go, "Why are you angry? Tell me." What, how can I do, and then actually do something. We got to put all those pieces together. Those, those human emotions that you're describing though, they kind of act like this, uh, they sort of act like a pendulum swing, right? Yes, for sure. We were super grateful in the pendulum swinging up here towards gratitude and thankfulness because we've had this moment where we realize the importance of, of people that we had taken for granted. But then before long, the pendulum swings the other way and yeah. we're the angry again. And we're, yeah. And so you, you need to use that energy that right when it's, right. when it's there. But if we could shorten the swing and make the moments last longer, um, that would be helpful as a start. Right. Um, and, and that, you know, um, this is nothing to do with anything other than I really appreciated it as a sign of where we were at. But, uh, for a while there, near the beginning of the pandemic, John Krasinski was doing this thing on YouTube, yeah. Some Good News. And each week he'd have some good news stories. Some of it was like shameless promotion of his friends, for sure. Um, but some of it was also about bringing good news to people, right? You know, the, the kid who missed going to Hamilton for their birthday, so he brought on Lin-Manuel Miranda and the cast to sing. That was awesome. That was, that was awesome. And then it stopped. I think they did six of them, maybe. And then they just stopped. They didn't say why. They just stopped. 
Because the and, pendulum had swung. And well, I don't know. I don't know. I see. Uh, and again, I'm I'm absolutely have no idea, which causes me to want to speculate, which is always dangerous and something <laughs> that we shouldn't do. Well, what's your um, theory? But uh, my theory is, uh, it well, I have several. One is they couldn't maintain it because there wasn't still as much good news every week. But there's um, always something you could find. But you but could, the, it, but right, the, but it was going to be hard work the, to do that. Uh, maybe, it or could be, is it, it that could the be audience he, it, it could be that he started of... working on something else. Maybe. It, it could be, there could be a thousand one different reasons, but it just happened to coincide with we'd been at the pandemic thing for a few months and people were starting to go, when the hell is this going to be over? That's what I was gonna, where I was going to go with it, yeah. is the, the fatigue thing. So yeah. just like, and what I was going with the pe- pendulum swing analogy is that just like we can't maintain uh, that gratitude and, and, and keep our, our mood lifted in, in by keeping our spirits up, by focusing on the things to be grateful for, it, when it swings the other way and we get scared and we get angry and, uh, you know, everyone's willing to wear a mask because we're scared enough, well... You can only maintain that for so long before yeah. you well, realize that, well, the sky isn't falling. Yeah. Not not everyone around me is dying it's to help with the mask thing. Yeah. And you, you so they're doing everything they can to yeah. try to keep us like, okay, we need to s- keep on being vigilant. You know, don't go crazy yeah. just because Thanksgiving's coming up soon. And, you know, maybe we'll, well be able to get together at Christmas yeah. time, but stay vigilant. You, be sensible. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's hard be a to, better thing to, to say. Yeah, because actually, sensible is harder for us to do now that I think about it. But, um, but, but it's hard to keep that. Yeah, yeah, keep absolutely. People in one place. Absolutely, and and certainly, yeah, fatigue is certainly a thing. But but the thing the thing is, uh, I think probably what Jesus might say there is, um, but but be be fatigued of what's going on. Be fatigued of how much time you spend doing this or this or that. But compassion shouldn't be something that you tire of mm-hmm. um grace shouldn't be something that you tire of and and but it is but it is and i think going back to the authority thing what gives jesus's authority is as human beings we find it really hard to maintain compassion and grace um, we find it really hard to maintain gratitude as human beings which is when jesus i think would say well, then you need to get in touch with the divine side of you too, then, mm, don't you? Exactly. Um, because that's where I think that's where um, where where we find that we find that strength, recognizing that divine way in which we're all connected to each other, and that we're all part of this great, amazing creation and everything, and that we're all like we're literally created of love and the earth and every that we, we if we could find a way into that. Um, that's where we find the strength to not tire of being compassionate or caring or, mm. or, 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 or um, grateful. Um, we don't, we don't find ourselves coming up to Thanksgiving going, oh crap, what do I have to be thankful for? I can't think of a damn thing. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> is the thing. And it might be a tiny little thing, but it, it's still, there is still so much, uh, to be thankful for. Uh, and, and particularly if heading back on into that, what gives Jesus his authority thing, what gives Jesus his authority is his ability to connect not only with the divine side and not only with the human side, but to connect the two things together mm. and make sure that that's what he's living in all mm-hmm. of these stories that we hear. That's, that's al- what's happening. That's true alchemy, right? The yeah led into gold the the two plus two equals five the the combination of those two things not just either one on their own but that is yeah i love the way you describe that it's it's actually in fact it just this just kind of sprang in my head just then as you were saying that it's how we describe covenant right in in particularly in the united church and i'm sure there are other denominations of the church that use this language we say that a minister, a congregation, and the the area or region that ministers in covenant together when a new ministry starts, mm-hmm. right? We don't say we signed the contracts because <laughs> it's not a contract; it's a it's a call, but it's it's also it's a covenant. And the thing about a covenant is um, where uh, with a contract where you put in X, you expect to get Y out of that contract, but in a covenant, you put in X 
somebody else puts in Y, somebody else puts in Z, you put those things together and you create something new from that covenant. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's what I think, that's how Jesus has authority. That's how he operates. He puts the divine part and the human part together and, and with, with the, the exercise of that authority. And that's what makes Jesus. Yeah. And that, Oddly enough, is also what makes you Jesus and me Jesus and everybody else Jesus too. Even Don't I'm sorry, it. it's hard to say it. Trump, <laughs> even Donald Trump. But that's the thing: is the potential for that is in every single one of us. Yes. It's in every single piece of creation. The potential is there. Mm. Sometimes our experiences and our, our, our life, our, our decisions, our choices, because we have free will, leads us in a different way and we become something different. But that doesn't mean there isn't a way back, which just really quickly, because I know we're going on now. If you read that story from Matthew about Jesus being challenged on his authority, he follows it with a little story about two brothers. And the, the story is about how the father asked one brother to go and uh, work in the field and the, the, the son goes, no. Oh, no, the first son goes, yes, but then he doesn't. And then he asks the second son, and the, son, the second son goes, no, but then he does go and do it. Which of them did the right thing? The second one. Well, actually, both of them did the wrong thing. But, but the, point is, <laughs> the point is, the point of the story is they, they, had the, they, could, they could choose to make it different. Right. Right? They could choose to make a change, which is what repentance is about, right? Repentance isn't necessarily a religious thing. Repentance is about turning from uh, this thing in a, in a religious sense. It's turning from, well, like Anglicans say, turn from your wickedness and live. Repentance is about turning away from this, from sin, and turning to the good, right? And the potential for that is in everyone. Yes. Um, and the, the ability to make that change is in everyone. I think I think the source of Jesus' authority is the fact that he managed to connect all of those dots. Not managed to, simply did connect all of those dots. Um, and that's what makes him Jesus. But that's potential for being Jesus in, in all of us. Yeah, I was about to say that's why he was here. But really, that's why we're to all show. here. But that's the point. It, the point. To me, the point of the Jesus stories... I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying this because obviously the point of the Jesus stories is that he saves us from our sin by making the ultimate sacrifice. Um, but, but the point of the Jesus, the thing about those stories about Jesus is they demonstrate to us the potential for us to be Jesus. Yes. The, the, and, and, and like it's, it, he might as well have like smacked people over the head with a stick and said, do you not understand this? I'm showing you how you can do this. And uh, instead, where we went was, no, we can't. We're not Jesus. Jesus is something different. Let's put him up on a pedestal over here. Yeah. Let's worship him. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point of, of God being in, the, being, uh, enfleshed, right? That's how, how uh, the word was made flesh. That's how John puts it. The point of God being flesh is to demonstrate that so are you, mm. right? And so am I. So is all of this creation, right? It's the stories show, they're about Jesus showing us how to do that. Did he demand that we do it perfectly exactly the way? He, nope, absolutely not. Just do your best. Um, realizing that we're always going to struggle with that. Uh, and and that's 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 the authoritativeness of Jesus is being able to connect divine and human, um, and this understanding of being able to make the right choice. Mm. Even you have choices, and you can also, by the way, change your mind. There's even stories of Jesus changing his mind too about something, right? So it's it's uh, putting all of those things together is where. That's, that's the answer to who do you think you are? You're Jesus. There's a lot there to be, to be thankful for. Speaking of Thanksgiving coming up soon. Um, and I think that's a good place to wrap it up, Robin. But I loved your blog this week. I'm excited to hear the, the sermon that you share with us on Sunday. It's fun to, um, to explore these topics together where it really, like we don't plan these conversations Maybe we should, but I love that we don't. I love that we can just sit down 
and next time I promise I will bring you a coffee. But this time um, it was just really enjoyable to dive into a topic that is really frustrating and there's a lot of um, there's a lot to wrestle with there that's difficult, even with just within our current politics. And but do wrestle. This but point. that's the important part. Yeah. yeah, and there's so much that we can learn and gain from doing that. So for sure, thanks for this hour with me, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you if you haven't read Robin's blog, you can check it out at risingspiritministry.com. Just click on blog at the top. We've also got links there to past episodes of the podcast and uh, sermons. Uh, archived sermons that there's a link there to our live stream which is 10 30 a.m mountain time every sunday morning and this uh, sunday you're live streaming from basha i think correct okay. no you're in Pinoca this week yeah okay so yeah check it out sunday mornings those will be archived as well after the fact but um i hope you enjoyed this conversation and uh hope you can join us again sometime soon on the podcast until then take care and be well